0: Matters Podcast, where we strive to educate and empower you to make smart choices with your money. We believe people don't typically plan to fail, they simply fail to plan. Here are your hosts, Mike and Matt.
1: Hello, friends, and welcome to another episode of Money Matters Mini with me, Matt Cloutier. Today, we're going to be talking about managing bond risks when interest rates rise, which I'm sure has been on many people's minds recently. After dropping the benchmark federal funds rate to a rock bottom range of zero to quarter of one percent early in the pandemic, the federal open market committee has well, begun raising rates toward a more typical historical levels in response to the high inflation. At its March 2022 meeting, the committee raised the funds rate to a quarter of a percent to a half a percent. And projected the equivalent of six more quarter percentage point increases in 2022 and three or four more in 2023. So let's look at rate sensitivity. When rates rise, the value of existing bonds typically fall because investors would prefer to buy new bonds with a higher yield. In a raising rate environment, investors may be hesitant to tie up funds for a long period of time. So, bonds with longer maturity dates are generally more sensitive to rate changes than shorter dated bonds. Thus, one way to address the interest rate sensitivity in your portfolio is to hold some short-term and medium-term bonds. Keep in mind, though, that while these bonds may be less sensitive to rate changes, they generally offer lower yield than longer term bonds. A more specific measure of rate sensitivity is a term called duration. This is a bond's duration is derived from a complex calculation that includes the maturity date, present value of principal, and the interest to be received in the future, as well as other factors. To estimate the impact of rate changes on a bond investment, Simply multiply the duration by the expected percentage change in interest rates. Here's an example. If interest rates rise by say 1%, a bond or bond fund with a three-year duration might expect to lose roughly 3% in value. One with a seven-year duration might fall by about 7%. Your investment professional or brokerage firm can provide information about duration of your bond investments, if you're not sure what they are. Let's look at another example. If we have two bonds that have the same maturity, the bond with a higher yield will typically have a shorter duration. For this reason, U.S. Treasuries tend to be, well, more rate sensitive than corporate bonds of similar maturities. Treasury securities, which are backed by the federal government as to the timely payment of principal and interest, are typically considered lower risk. Thus, they can pay lower rates of interest than corporate bonds. A five-year treasury bond has a duration of, well, less than five years, reflecting income payments received prior to maturity. However, a five-year corporate bond with a higher yield, well, it has an even shorter duration. When a bond is held to its maturity, the bond owner would receive the face value and interest, unless the issuer defaults, of course. However, if, if bonds are redeemed prior to maturity, they may be worth less or more than their original value. Thus, rising rates could should not be affect the return on a bond you hold to maturity, but it may affect the price of a bond you want to sell on the secondary market before it reaches maturity. What about bond ladders? Owning a diversified mix of bond types and maturities can help reduce the level of risk in a fixed income portfolio. One structured way to take this risk management approach is to construct a a bond ladder, a portfolio of bonds with maturities that are, well, they're spaced at regular intervals over a certain number of years. Here's an example. A five-year ladder might have, well, 20% of bonds mature each year. Bond ladders may vary in size and structure and, well, can include different types of bonds depending on an investor's time horizon, risk tolerance, and goals. As bonds in the lowest rung of the ladder mature, the funds are often reinvested at the long end of the ladder. By doing so, investors may be able to increase their cash flow by capturing higher yields on new issues. A ladder might also be a part of a withdrawal strategy in which the return principal from maturing bonds provides retirement income. In the current situation, with rates projected to rise over a two or three year period, it, it might make sense to create a short bond ladder now and a longer ladder when rates appear to have stabilized. Keep in mind that the anticipated path of the federal funds rate is, well, it's only a projection. It's based on current conditions and well may not come to pass. The actual direction of interest rates might change. Let's look at another scenario here. What about laddering ETFs and unit investment trusts? Building a ladder of individual bonds provides certainty as long as the bonds are held to maturity but it could be rather expensive. Individual bonds usually require minimum purchase of $5,000 in face value, so creating a diversified bond ladder might require sizable investment. Diversification is a method used to help manage risk. It does not guarantee a profit or protect against investment losses. Hmm. A similar approach involves laddering bond exchange-traded funds, parenthetically, ETFs, that have defined maturity dates. These funds, typically called target maturity funds, generally hold many bonds that mature in the same year the ETF will liquidate and return assets to shareholders. Target maturity ETFs might enhance diversification and, well, provide some liquidity. But unlike bonds, the income payments and final distribution are, well, not fully predictable. Another option is to purchase unit investment trusts with staggered termination dates. Bond-based UITs, that is unit investment trusts, typically hold a varied portfolio of bonds with maturity dates that coincide with the trust termination date, at which point you could take the re- reinvest the proceeds any way you wish. The UIT sponsor may offer investors the opportunity to roll the proceeds to a new UIT, which typically incurs an additional sales charge. Finally, we'll look at bond funds. Bond funds, that is mutual funds and ETFs, composed mostly of bonds and other debt instruments, are subject to the same inflation, interest rate, and credit risks associated with their underlying bonds. Thus, falling bond prices due to raising rates can adversely affect a bond's fund performance. Because longer-term bonds are generally more sensitive to rising rates, f- funds that, that hold short or medium-term bonds may be more stable as rates increase. Bond funds do not have a set maturity date with, well, parenthetically, the exception of target maturity ETFs discussed earlier, because they typically hold bonds with varying maturities and, well, they can buy and sell bonds before they mature. So you might consider the fund's duration, which takes into account the durations of the underlying bonds. The longer the duration, the more sensitive the fund has to changes in interest rates. You can usually find duration with other information about a bond fund. Although helpful as a general guideline, duration is best used when comparing funds of similar types of underlying bonds. A fund's sensitivity to interest rates is only one aspect of its value. Fund performance can be driven by a variety of dynamics in the market and broader economy. Further, as underlying bonds mature and are replaced by higher yielding bonds in a rising rate environment, the fund's yield and or share value could potentially increase over the long run. Even in the short term, interest paid by the fund could help moderate any losses in share value. So it's important to remember that fund managers might respond differently if falling bond prices adversely affect the fund's performance. Some might try to preserve the fund's asset value at the expense of its yield by while reducing interest payments. Others might emphasize preserving the fund's yield at the expense of its asset value by investing in bonds of longer duration or lower credit quality that pay higher interest but carry greater risk. Information on a fund's management, objectives, flexibility, and meeting those objectives, it's all spelled out in the prospectus and may also be available with other fund information online. The return of principal and value of bonds, unit investment trusts, mutual fund ETF shares, though, they fluctuate with changes in market conditions. Fund shares and UIT units, when sold and bonds redeemed prior to maturity, well, they could be worth more or less than their original cost. Keep in mind, ETFs typically have lower expense ratios than mutual funds, but You'll pay a brokerage commission whenever you buy or sell ETFs, so overall costs could be higher, especially if you trade frequently. Also, supply and demand for ETF shares may cause them to trade at a premium or discount relative to the value of their underlying shares. Additionally, UITs may carry risks including the potential for a downturn in the financial condition of the issuers of those underlying securities. There also may be tax consequences associated with the termination of a UIT and, well, rolling over an investment to a successive UIT. So keep in mind, there is no assurance that working even with a financial professional will improve results. I hope you found this podcast many helpful, and if you'd like to discuss these or other questions with us, please visit our website at goldenwealthsolutions.com. Thanks for dropping by, friends. Bye for now.
0: This podcast is for educational purposes only and may include references to concepts that have legal and or tax implications and is not to be construed as legal or tax advice. Such information and or opinions are subject to change without notice and is not intended as an offer or solicitation with respect to the purchase or sell of any security, insurance product or offer of any individual advice. Any strategy discussed may not be suitable for everyone. Securities America Incorporated does not provide tax or legal advice. Please consult with the appropriate professional regarding your personal situation prior to making any financial decisions. Securities offered through Securities America Incorporated, member FINRA SIPC, advisory services offered through Securities America Advisors Incorporated, Golden Wealth Solutions, and Securities America are separate entities.